0: Hello, good evening. Welcome back to section 312. Hopefully you are enjoying yourself today. And whenever you are listening to the show or wherever you're listening to the show at, we have a strange but interesting show coming your way tonight. Quentin is still in the magical world of Tahiti. Shout out to the Agents of Shield fans. Don't know about Tahiti. So Quentin is in the magical place of Tahiti. Matt Gross as well joining Quentin magical world of Tahiti, so it's me, Jeremy Sneed, Vance is with us as usual, and a special guest host this evening, nothing but the best for you, Mr. Sneed, my dad, is in the building, he's going to be on the show with us tonight, golf claps around, golf claps for everyone, Dad, how's it going?
1: Great, I want to say I have big shoes to fill for Clinton, that's only because he's 6'5",
0: Ah, and we're off to the dad jokes already. We got dad dad joke counter on the board. That's number one. Over under is four and a half for the dad jokes on the show. And now Vance is a dad as well. I'm a young dad. I'm a young dad. We might have to double the dad counter. Uh, for, for tonight's show uh, But before we get into all this stuff We got some we got some segments coming your way Tonight is going to be the big Fantasy football slash football Extravaganza since football is almost Upon us, but we do have some baseball To talk about as well, the NBA playoffs Going on, we've got a new starting five Which will be football based uh, We've got Sneedler's List and maybe a Matt's Moment And Matt can make the return to Tahiti In time for tonight's Show and Like I mentioned, uh, the show wouldn't be possible without Thrive Fantasy, the new DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only the top tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you will build your lineup around a list of prop bets. And for each contest, you choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two in case of emergency picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. And each unique prop has an over under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. For example, will Anthony Rizzo score a run or have an RBI? Will you, Darvish, have a quality start? Probably the way you, Darvish, is pitching tonight, so you won't get that many points for that. So the less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Enter our code SCCC312 when you sign up to get an instant match on your first deposit, up to $10. Find them in the app store today. That is Thrive Fantasy. So, boys, like I mentioned, the NFL is almost upon us this weekend. The big draft weekend for everybody. And just in case you do have some, some drafts coming up, some in case of emergency drafts going on. We will talk uh, some fantasy football there. We've got some sleepers and busts that we will break down. But first, the big game coming up on on Thursday opening night, that is Chiefs-Texans. The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, the $500 million man, and recently engaged man. Congratulations to him. Facing off against Deshaun Watson, it's Chicago Bears fans' nightmare this game, Chiefs versus Texans. But football fans rejoice What are you guys expecting from this game on on Thursday? Is it going to be a high-scoring game like I think it's going to be, or or what are your expectations?
2: For me, I think it'll be a little bit lower scoring maybe than expected. Maybe not for a football game in general, like 24-20, something in that range, just because you see, especially with no preseason and everything like that, just some disorganization, some penalties, some sloppiness. I think there'll be some general sloppiness in this game that will kind of take the scoring down from the 30s and 40s more down to, like, the 20s, maybe low 30s?
1: I think uh, it's going to be interesting. I I a prediction on my list for later. I think Mahomes, I think uh, you may see a step back this year. And I think Houston's going to come out um, smoking. I mean, they got a couple new contract uh, guys playing. And it wouldn't surprise me if Houston upsets. I'm not calling that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I think they're really going to play well, and I just think Mahomes is not going to come out all that hot on opening night.
0: Welcome to the show with some bold, uh, some bold takes. I like it. I like it. And uh, so, so some of the things uh, going on in in that Chiefs Texans. Series like uh, or match the bit a lot of extensions going on, and uh, one of them was Deshaun Watson, Uh, he got paid. Uh, We got DeAndre Hopkins, the former Houston Texan, uh, getting paid out there in Arizona, and a possible Alvin Kamara extension. Uh, So, I have a question here again Um, What's the bigger deal out of these three? Is it bigger? Is it a bigger deal for the Kamara possible extension, the Hopkins extension in Arizona? or Watson sticking around in uh, Houston.
2: I mean, for me, it's Watson all day, just in terms of what a quarterback means to the team, and then not just a quarterback meaning to your team, but that quarterback in particular, how athletic he is, what he gets out of sacks, what he leads, you know, kind of off the field stuff. He's very good and just a, a good leader all around. I think it's kind of somebody you build your whole franchise around, where these other guys are kind of, you know, they're good players, they're guys you care about, but you maybe don't build the whole team around necessarily.
1: Now, the big thing is Watson signed a four year deal, not a 10 year deal. He is going to be playing for another contract right away. He's going to be laying groundwork for a bigger payday in four years. I think that's huge. Uh, and that's one of my things with Mahomes. And I'm not saying this is him personally, but complacency. He signed a 10 year deal in any sport, any athlete. A little ding, ah, maybe i take a couple games off. I'm not playing for a contract this year, next year, next year, next year. He signed for 10 years. Watson, I think he's going to stay hungry, and I think he's going to put up some huge numbers the next four years.
0: For me, the, on- the only thing that's that's tricky with the Watson situation is they lose DeAndre Hopkins, who, in my opinion, is very close to the top receiver in the league. Michael Thomas is a damn stud, but DeAndre Hopkins is – right behind him you lose him and i think it's a huge drop off to go from him to will fuller who has hamstrings made of paper um i'm intrigued to see what houston does and i'm intrigued to see what david johnson does he leaves arizona after an interesting tenure there where he went from being a third round rookie to lighten up the league to then breaking his wrist to then getting benched for Kenyon drake and it, it's a whole wild fiasco but Sometimes scenery change is going to be huge, and the Texans haven't had a dynamic running back since probably Arian Foster. Um, So I'm intrigued to see what they do, but the Chiefs, I think, are going to roll, probably roll over them. Supposedly, they've got a bigger mindset on defense coming into this year. Um, But Vance, I think you brought up a good point about the sloppiness here, and I'll I'll direct this to Mr. Snead here. What are your expectations as far as Like Vance mentioned, there's no preseason. They've just been practicing against themselves pretty much uh, in in training camp there. And we saw some sloppiness in baseball when they came back. Um, What kind of level of play should we expect from these guys?
1: Well, I think the veteran true throwing quarterbacks are going to have an advantage. Your Brady, your Breezes, uh... Guys who drop back and throw, that, that's just what they're used to. It's like going out and playing catch for them, especially the guys who have wide receivers. I, I expect you know, another something I want to talk about later. I think Rocks have a big game opening day because that's who Brady's going to go to. There's that comfort factor. He, it's not a new receiver to him. Um, where Mahomes, Mahomes is a trickster. He's a magician back there, which does help him if things go away. But he's not the true dropback. So I think those guys may struggle a little bit more than the Wiley veteran. Phillip Rivers, you know, the true dropbacks, I I think, are going to come out and look a little better than than the uh, abracadabra guys.
0: All right. And then so the Bears, uh, well, actually, yeah, before we get into that, so a headline that that came to the surface earlier today as we record this is uh, Odell Beckham, Jr. Now, Mr. Sneed, do you know about this whole situation with with Odell?
1: No, not a big fan of Odell.
0: <laughs> well, then you uh, might enjoy it. You might. You won't enjoy be it. after
2: this. <laughs> this will not change so, your mind. <laughs>
0: so, a story came out that one of Odell Beckham Jr.'s ex ex hookups or whoever whoever she is was on a podcast, and they got to talking about Odell and past hookups and whatnot, and. She dropped an interesting uh, load, we could say, um, that uh, Odell Beckham in the bedroom apparently enjoys um, enjoys it a little stinky. Uh, according to her, uh, he enjoys the occasional um, chocolate sundae, if uh, if we can put it in those words.
2: The Dirty Sanchez.
0: <laughs> yeah, amongst, amongst other things. She went into details about How he enjoys like when people don't shower, and he he apparently likes things to be a little bit dirtier. And I just like that how convenient it is that he plays for the Browns while this story comes out.
1: Wow. (laughs) What's next topic? (laughs) He's like, I'm not ready for
0: this. (laughs) Going from one stinky thing to another. The Bears. They are. They are playing. Nice. They're playing the Detroit Lions in week one. Uh, this will be on Sunday and what I consider a trap game because who knows what we're going to get from the Lions this year. They get Stafford back. They just signed Adrian Peterson. They've got a rookie running back. They get Carryon Johnson back. They've got some good receivers, but they have no defense. What are we going to get from the Chicago Bears? Who knows? Um, but what makes me even more excited, Cairo Santos is the starting kicker. For week one, no Eddie Pinheiro. It's Cairo Santos for week one, a guy who made 44% of his field goals last week. But what can we expect from the Bears on Sunday against the good old Detroit Lions?
1: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, boy. If each one of our five tight ends gets 20 yards, then a 100-yard tight end. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing there. I don't know. Detroit really doesn't scare me. Stafford's normally good early early in the season, though, and then he normally either gets hurt or fades away. So if you get the early season, Stafford, you know, we got to see what we have with our defense. And that was a lot of guys, you know, the Facebook, the Twitter, bashing the Bears for the last six weeks with no preseason, nothing to judge them on. And, you know, I I kept bringing up to people, our defense, we still got Eddie Jackson, Hicks is back, we still got Mack. Let's not totally write him off. We might be able to squeeze a couple of these wins out, 13-10, 14-13. So I'm kind of weighing my hope, we'll just call it hope, you know, on the Bears defense, keeping it close. Maybe we can squeeze one out. The thing about Santos, everything i read on him today is they keep saying he's a Nagy guy. He kicked well for Nagy. Well, that's great. Uh, what have you done for lately? Uh, I've wanted to hate Pinero, or Pinera, whatever his name is, but he what, he made his last 13 or 20 or something to end the season last year. So, yeah, I guess we're going to miss him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it depends on which Stanford we get and how good our defense is. I would hang it on those two things, if we're in it or not, in the fourth quarter.
2: I like what Mr. Sneed said. Um, <laughs> interesting stuff. Um, I think defensively is will certainly be the key, you know, because everybody's back. And that was the big thing last year was a lot of injuries, where they didn't get hit with the injury bug the year before, and they were great. Then they got hit with it last year, and they were not. So you kind of go in between – I do like Trubisky as a starter, even though it wasn't my pick for the season. I just think it's like he's been good against Detroit. It'll be kind of interesting to see, you know, if he can play well. You kind of go with the young guy before he gets into his contract, and you sort of give him that chance. Foles has had the backup experience. You sort of let him do that, and it it kind of works both ways. You know what I mean? I think in the long run it maybe was a good decision just because you know you have that guy to come in and save him if he's not – if he's being the Mitch of last year, not the Mitch of the year before.
1: Good point, Vance. So well, sorry, if I'm not mistaken, Trubisky hasn't lost to Detroit yet, has he?
2: No, he has not. He's been very good against Detroit traditionally. So it's sort of like one of those things. Okay, he's been good against them. Let's give him a shot. Let's let him see if he can, you know, put something together in this game, just in general.
0: The big thing for me, something something that my dad and I both both discussed was I would just like to see Trubisky finally just make consistent throws. It would be great to see him not overthrow so many guys. It would be nice to make him or see him make some throws in traffic, some some tough throws that other guys his age have already been making at a consistent basis. Mahomes, Josh Allen, even like Sam Darnold sometimes can make a nice throw that Trubisky can't even make. So I think in this game with not so much pressure because it's the Lions and it's only Week One and who knows how every team is going to look. It'd be nice to just go back to the fundamentals. Can Trubisky hit a guy in stride? Can he hit a guy in traffic? Can he hit the lob pass You know, over the shoulder? Some of the stuff that he's he's been missing, I think that would be nice to see.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. It'll be interesting to see what offense they, they bring out. Because I think last year they tried to make him a quarterback. They tried to make him a thrower, even if he wasn't. And it was just like, are they going to be that same offense as last year? Are they going to put him on the move and try to make him comfortable? You know, I, I'm very intrigued to see, is it, like, are they trying to cater the offensive Mitch, or are they not? I think last year they tried to just be like, hey, you know, make these throws and be the guy, and he didn't do it. You know, so will they move him? Will they let him run around and give him some easier throws? You know, it'll be interesting to see. Because I think he'll be more successful, but, you know, they wanted him to be something else.
0: All right, bathroom break for Vance. <laughs> This is what we do on this show. We're going
1: guys three hours.
0: And now we're we're going at a good pace. I, I no, try I'm to, just,
1: you know, I got to I'm, go.
0: I'm over here still trying to fill out my sleepers over here. Oh, uh, my, my my
1: sleepers. Oh, I saw you this morning.
0: Uh, let's see. I still need three busts for wide receiver. Three.
1: Oh. One. <laughs> Huh? I thought I had one of each position. I need three. We
0: were doing we were doing five five sleepers, five blah blah blah. At
1: each position. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got one.
0: We could play it off. It'll be
1: alright. How did
0: you come up
1: with that? I did. Just
0: take
1: the bottom.
0: It's supposed to be our football extravaganza
1: show. <laughs> I did not read the memo or the manual on this.
0: <laughs> Vance, did you did you do some five five sleepers, five busts for each position, or no? I have three. Okay, then we'll just do three. That's fine. We'll do three.
2: Yeah, I, I wrote at least three down. There's like four for a couple that I, I had kind of an honorable mention.
0: Okay, okay. that's. Because we had a miscommunication. He only has one for like each position. Maybe
2: but I didn't do see. like defenses and kickers. I just did like no, no, quarterbacks, yeah. running backs, tight ends.
0: Yeah, just the skill positions. Cool. So that'd be that'd be too much if we went like, right. all that. Yeah. For sure. Um all right, cool. Then we'll do that. Alright. <laughs> Alright. So then one once we come back here, we'll do Um, let's do selection three, one, two, since we were already kind of talking about predictions. Um, we'll give our Super Bowl picks and then we'll do the sleepers and busts and we'll call it a day for football stuff. And that's pretty much the bulk of the show. Once we're, once we're done with that, we should be able to roll, roll through this thing. Um, all right. Let me know when you boys are ready. I'm good now. All right. Turning in three, two, one. So continuing with our football extravaganza show, uh, we have the return of Selection 312, everyone's favorite pastime. Uh, we introduced that last year in Week 11, where we pick an upset, which is worth up to three points, the lock, which is worth two points, and an extra point, which is worth. Eight points, and I'd like to point out that I was the regular season champion last year uh, in Selection Three One Two. And just to break down some of the uh, stats from last year's Selection uh, Three One Two, as far as our guest pickers go, we had a couple guys go perfect. We had Dan Hartman, a friend of the show, he was he was all uh, he was perfect in all three of his picks. Patrick Cotto was perfect in all three of his picks. They were the only guests. To do that, as far as some of the teams that uh, we picked, as Bears fans, we went four and two, picking the Bears to win games. Um, and when we would pick against the Bears, we were 0 one one. Big sample size there. Uh, we struggled picking the Raiders for some reason. We were one and four <laughs> whenever we picked the Raiders. Um, a perfect six and zero picking the Saints, so that was easy money for everybody involved. And as far as picking against teams. Uh, we were 5-0 picking against the Lions, 6-0 picking against the Bengals. Again, that's kind of easy money there. Uh, and 1-3 picking against the Patriots. So some fun stuff there, and we'll see how things shake up this year. So Quinton, like we mentioned, he's in the magical place called Tahiti. Um, <laughs> not actually, but again, if you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you'll know what I'm talking about. He wants the Falcons as his upset pick. He is a loser and picked the Chiefs like a bum to be his lock and he wants the bears as the extra point against the lions for me in gardner we trust i'm picking minshu mania and the jags as my upset pick i think oh. they're gonna be well i think they, i think there's gonna be a fire under them now that leonard fournette was talking all that crap about he's never had a quarterback to play with um so I think the Jaguars are going to be like, all right, dude, cool, thanks. And they're gonna—I think they're going to be good. They have some fun guys on the outside. So I think they might watch not have some a running game.
2: Light commercials or what? Yeah, dude.
0: Gardner, <laughs> M- Gardner Minshew's the boy. Uh, the Bills—I trust the Bills. Uh, they're my lock for Week One, and then the Patriots—I have them as my extra point. I think they're going to be an interesting team to watch this year. And so, Dad, you will be the guest picker. For this week. Who do you got?
1: Uh, Three, two, or one. What order do you want them in here?
0: It's up to you. It's upset, lock, extra point. Whatever you feel. All right. I'll go
1: with my lock. It'll be the 49ers.
0: Ah. Okay. You know Singletary isn't their head coach anymore, right? Your point. Okay. Just make it sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would like to pick either. Uh, I'll, I'm going to go with my extra point is Philadelphia.
0: Ah, okay. The Eagles. Not the flyers. You don't want the flyers.
1: Okay. <laughs> You're going to love this one. I see okay. your dad in the back there. Woo. Uh, Eagles fan in the back there. Vance.
2: No. He's oh. just trying to show me the score of the basketball game. Sorry. Oh,
1: my upset. <laughs> Is going to be Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins over Keaton yeah. and the New England Patriots.
2: I love it.
0: In Fitz magic, you trust.
1: I love it. him. I
0: didn't say that. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right, Vance, who you got? In my upset,
2: I've got the Titans over the Broncos. Betting lines have the Titans as an underdog, which is kind of blowing my mind. Um, so, yeah. I'll
0: I like, say from last year, it, it's kind of a toss-up. You, you can choose someone to be the upset, even if maybe they aren't, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, so what,
2: I mean, I was checking Vegas odds. They are, they are the upset know. the underdog by, like, one point. I'm like, that's insane. Yeah, um, so yeah I thought that was a nice pick. Titans as an, as an upset pick. I do like the Eagles, like your dad said. I like the Eagles as an extra point. I guess I'll take them as. And then for my lock, I'm going to go Ravens over Browns. Just a familiar team. There's not going to be a lot of thought to that. You know what I mean? You know what you're getting from
0: each side. Sure, dude. All right. So we've got a couple – two people picking the Eagles. We shall see how that – Plays out And like last year, I'll keep track of the uh, the tallies here. And just, just so you guys know, uh, we were 2-1 last year picking the Eagles to win. So there you go. You guys have luck on your side there. So that's week one of Selection 312. We'll check back in with that next week and uh, continue to update that as we go. And maybe we'll throw some money on it for who does best in the regular season. Maybe the guest pickers that do better than we do. Maybe they get a free shirt. Who knows? That's not my decision, but we'll figure something out to make that a little bit more fun. Uh, Super Bowl predictions here. here. Uh, is it basically Chiefs against the field, or do you guys think that there's another team that could really make a run at them? Chiefs ain't going to win this team at The Bucs. The Bucs? You're on the, the Bucs bandwagon? It's the Bucks. I used to like I'm- you.
1: <laughs> hey, don't you live there? <laughs> I see, would uh
2: I would take the field. Definitely take the field. Um I like the Saints too. I know they haven't gotten it done in the playoffs for year after year, but it just feels like they're kind of running out of time. They have a great roster, you know, it's it's kind of now or never. So, you know, what I mean, I th- I think they could do it do it one more time with Drew,
0: but we'll see. As hard as it is to repeat as Super Bowl champions, I think the Chiefs are going to get it done. They didn't get any worse in the offseason. And, in fact, I think they got better because they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who potentially could be a huge playmaker. And that's already a playmaking team. I mean, their team is insane. And the big thing is going to be if everyone could stay healthy. I mean, last year Mahomes had an ankle injury. Hill was battling injuries. But now, I mean, if they can just stay healthy, I mean, I, it's just going to be hard to stop them. And like I said, they're, they're trying to make a focus on defense now. And with that offense and if their defense can shut some teams down, I mean, I just think if, if ever a team was going to have back-to-back Super Bowls, it might be them. to go out on a
1: limb. Hey,
0: <laughs> you know, sometimes complacency is, uh, is the best thing.
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm a big edwards Hilaire guy, though. I am a big edwards Hilaire guy.
0: So there is our our picks there for uh, for Super Bowl picks. We didn't get Quentin's pick, but uh, when he gets back from Tahiti, we'll we'll see what he what he says for his Super Bowl pick. Knowing him, he's probably going to absolutely hate my pick, and he's going to probably pick the Ravens. I think. Didn't he pick the Ray? I think he picked the Ravens last year. So he'll probably well, he just there. texted
1: me. He's got the Browns going to the bowl.
0: dad joke number two all right over under for you betting at home was four and a half so we're getting we're getting close (laughs) we still have half a show we still have half a show to go so for most of us a lot of fantasy drafts going on this past weekend labor day weekend i myself had three of them and it seemed like each draft i did got progressively worse I think I think my first draft went really well despite what Quentin had to say about it. Um and my last draft that I did, uh, I yeah, it, it may have been alcohol infused, but hey, if if that's what leads to victory, I mean that's what the that's what the baseball players used to do in the seventies, right? Is
2: that in your league?
0: Uh no, that was Quentin's league. No, the one I the all, you
2: run. The one you run, was that when you were drunk?
0: No, no. I just was distracted and that league did not go well.
2: I, was like, I didn't Oops. like your draft in that league. I re today.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of it either. I, I jumped the gun and took Mahomes in the first round, which I said I was never going to do. I, ju- I jumped the gun and took Terry McLaurin, which I said I was never going to do.
2: And then you called your team Scary Terry. That was fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah you talking about up, Terry Crews? Who the hell's like, uh, Terry is shut, scary? Terry McLaurin is scary. That's from Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, okay. they, did a whole, they did a whole episode with uh, Scary Terry, who was a Freddy Krueger knockoff. They even I can't mentioned
2: get into it. that show. I want to, but I can't get into it. I don't know. Uh,
0: it's so good. And they say all the pot s-
2: smokers love it, but I don't. I don't enjoy it.
0: <laughs> they, did, they did this whole episode about Scary Terry and like Inception, and I thought it was hilarious. So It was the only thing I could think of. Uh, but fantasy drafts going on, and um, so we figured we would talk about um, some sleepers for this year. Uh, we're focusing on the skills positions. There, uh, Quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, uh, some sleepers, and some busts. Um, you can list as many as you want, um, primarily between one and three is what we will we will go for here. Uh, so starting with quarterbacks.
1: Uh, <coughs> this is for the year or week one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's
0: just right? like in general. Who do you think is going to be good and who do you think is going to suck?
1: You guys
0: are killing me. I told you not to overthink this when did I ever say it was week one week one yeah why I didn't tell you to do that <laughs> <laughs> I play a great Quentin don't I this will be this will be the one and only time he ever shows up on the show <laughs> if
2: you were a great Quentin you'd be talking about betting for 45 minutes
0: right i right. he, he you
1: back I <laughs> back.
0: Yeah, oh boy. Uh so I'll get us started. How about that? Uh so for the quarterback position, I wish Quinton was here because he was giving me so much flack for Josh Allen as a starting quarterback. Josh Allen, fun. Josh Allen is the man, and he is a huge sleeper if you're if you if you're out there and you think like Quinton does, and you're like, Josh Allen stinks. Get over yourself. Josh Allen is a good quarterback. They have Stephon Diggs now. I feel like that old viral video when the the dudes yelling about leave Britney alone. I feel like that about Josh Allen. Leave him alone. He's a good quarterback.
2: I ran him last year as a deep sleeper. I ran him a lot, so I don't I don't blame you.
0: So I like him. I like Joe Burrow and I like Cam Newton as sleeper sleeper quarterbacks.
2: I do like Cam too. Thanks. Man. I like Cam a lot. Um, for my sleepers, maybe this one's a little biased because I have him in like every league. Matt Ryan. I just think the team's gonna suck. Mainly, just like it's not even about him being good or oh. I just think that team's not gonna be as good as people want them to be, and that division's tough, and they're gonna get beat up on, and then they're gonna be like five and six, and they're just gonna throw the football a ton, and you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Like they'll just they'll just throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, and um, you know, you'll see another later, you know, sleeper just because of the same kind of ideas that they're not as good as people want them to be, and they'll throw it more. Um, you brought up another guy on this list, Minshew. I kind of like Minshew, in the same reason. They're going to suck. They're not going to win games. They're going to be way behind when you're down by 20. What do you do? You throw the ball. You throw it 40, 50 times. And he did that last year, too. He threw it like 50 times, more than three or four times. So, I mean, there's volume, and fantasy football is all about volume, even if the guy isn't that great. Who's getting the opportunity? So I think there'll be plenty of opportunity for Minshew. I think the receiving core is a little better in depth. Uh, Laviska Shenault is a deep, deep sleeper, a rookie that I like a lot out of Co- Colorado. Out of Colorado, I like him a lot. And then my last quarterback guy that I have is Daniel Jones, mainly huh. just because he's a sneaky runner. You know, he's yeah. a very sneaky runner, and uh those guys seem to do you some good in fantasy. The guys that can run a little bit, even if you don't expect them to run a little bit. Um, so I I, I think I have him maybe as a backup in one or two leagues. I think he's just a fun guy that isn't really being drafted that. Should be. He should at least be drafted and a guy that you should hold on to. And possibly a nice,
0: possibly a nice waiver pickup too. Honestly.
2: Yeah. Right. And that's what I mean with this show being kind of late to the drafts, more of a waiver guy. Yeah.
0: Who do you got, Dad? Who should the people out there? We're doing uh, sleeper quarterbacks.
1: Am I doing all three of them?
0: Yes. Okay. If you want, if you want to just do one, I mean, some. No. Team-
1: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, can I use Brady as a sleeper? I, he's like 92 years old with a walker. I think he's hey, had a great year. I really do. Page? I think he wants to shove it up Belichick's ass. Uh, I think he's got a great core around him. And uh, I really think he's going to have a phenomenal year. So it's really not out on a limb, but for, I think it is. Uh, my other sleeper is Burrow. Burrow. Mm. One thing I liked about him at the draft was kind of seeing his family. He's got, he's got a good head on his shoulders. And I think that, that means a lot.
0: And well, my everyone other, was with their family for the draft, but hey. I'm sorry? Good. I mean, Everyone was with their family for the draft since it
1: was from home. His uh, uh, whole upbringing, I, I didn't want to dwell, uh, dwell into it too much. But,
0: I like Joe Burrow, too.
1: Yeah. And then uh, my other one's Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater is just dying to get back out on the field. So, good
0: old Teddy Two Gloves.
1: So I'm in <laughs> Bridgewater, and those are my tree.
0: All right. And then uh, sticking with you, Dad. Who are some of the quarterbacks you think are not going to be so good this year?
1: Mahomes. It's number one. Now him having an average year is still better than most of the quarterbacks. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I don't know these. You see in all these sports. These guys sign a huge contract, and then that first year. So uh, give give the guy the respect in the world. But if I got to pick one, I'm going to pick him. And then uh, I'm also going to go with Matt Ryan. Don't mean to jump on Vance's bandwagon there, but he was <laughs> on my list. I think he's overrated as it is. And my other boss, Trubisky. Mm. Just, I can't buy into the guy. You can't teach a twenty-something-year-old quarterback how to hit a target. You either can or you can't, and he overthrows everybody. I see that game
0: better. And then back to you, Vance. We'll go. We'll go in like snake order here. We'll go. We'll go to you.
2: Well, I hate to piggyback, but I mean, I have Mahomes too, just in terms of the draft position. When you're talking about fantasy football, when I'm seeing people take him in the first round and all this stuff, it's just like. I can't buy into that. That's not what fantasy football is built on. It, it doesn't work. It's not a good idea. Don't do it. Don't draft him in the first round. If he's around his number, okay, that might be different. But I, I don't like that that idea of like, oh, I'm gonna take Mahomes in the first round. He wasn't that great last year. He was also dinged up. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I have Drew Brees on here as kind of a like a a guy that's surprising, just because, yeah, j- just because I think. You know, if Kamara's around, the running game should be good enough. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I just think, you know what I mean? The running game will be good enough where, and it, you've seen it the last couple of years, where they run the ball more than they ever have, 30, you know, times plus running the ball, and it's like, if they're running the ball that many times, he's not going to have the kind of fantasy output numbers you would hope for in a number one quarterback. So, I, that, he's kind of my other guy. The last guy I have on this list, and it might seem weird because he's not overly high in fantasy football, but... I have seen some people draft him and roster him as Jimmy Garoppolo. I just – I don't understand. They're not a good offense. I don't – you know, it's not. they're not that kind of offense. They run the ball when they are hitting. I mean, look at the playoff games last year. This guy did not throw the ball like that. I just don't get why you would, like, hey, let me go roster him. I, I You know, I would just rather let him sit, and if he's on waivers, take him.
0: For me, pig- piggybacking off, off Mr. Sneed for a little bit, I think – both of the Bears' quarterbacks—I I don't know if either of them are worth having. <laughs> uh, this kind of goes for like even later in the season. If if Trubisky goes down, you know, don't don't rush to pick up Nick Foles. I don't I don't think he's. I mean, well, then again though, <laughs> I guess that's Foles' specialty is replacing injured quarterbacks, but. Uh, I, I would say stick away, stay away from Bears QBs. Uh, I think Jared Goff is going to have a down year. Um, they kind of relied on Gurley as their big dangerous back with the play action game. And yes, Robert Woods is good. Is Cooper Cup good? Or is Cooper Cup good? Yes. I just I don't know if I'm that much of a believer in Goff um, and some of the teams they're going to be playing. Just you know, I, I think he's I think he's fringy. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers for how high people are drafting him they didn't pick up any but any receivers it's just going to be Devonte adams and alan lazard and is Devonte adams an absolute stud yes is alan lazard an absolute stud definitely not so all you have to do is get your number one on adams maybe double team them a little bit and then are you you know is alan lazard really going to beat you probably not and then with all the running backs that they have i imagine they're going to try to run the ball more and so I just think with how high Rodgers has been going, similar to your, your guys' belief in Mahomes with how high he's going, is he really going to be that productive? That's how I feel about Aaron Rodgers.
2: How dare I'm you, Sneed? How dare you? Backup quarterback from the Mid-Mountain West was more important, goddammit. <laughs> Jordan Love at pick 24 was more important yeah. than a wide receiver. They yeah. didn't need CeeDee Lamb five picks before that. They needed Jordan right. Love. Right. They yeah. needed him.
0: Totally. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, And then moving on to running backs, uh, a couple sleepers. uh, I think Austin Eckler is a huge sleeper, uh, considering that some people don't exactly realize how damn good he actually is. And now that uh, Gordon is gone, Eckler can be the lead running back. And then uh, that offense, they're going to need him. Tyrod Taylor stinks. Justin Herbert stinks. So they're going to need Austin Eckler. Uh, as much as possible. I think Le'Veon Bell is a big sleeper, considering where he was going in the draft. Uh, he's had a couple down years um, lately. The Jets, again, a team that really needs his help. Um, Darnold really needs his help, because you don't want Darnold just slinging it all over the place. Uh, so, I, I, But I think Le'Veon will bounce back. He's a competitor, and I'm, I'm sure he doesn't like all the black he's been receiving. And then uh, I think Fournette is a sleeper. He leaves Jacksonville. He goes to Tampa. Uh, he, you know, With them already having a couple of running backs, he'll probably stay healthy because he's not going to need 25, 30 carries a game. They could probably give him closer to 15 or 20. And he might actually stay healthy. They could use him in goal line situations, get some garbage TVs. Um, but I think he'll have a sneaky productive year.
2: And these are, we're doing the sleepers now, right? Yeah. All right, Um, some kind of sleeper guys I like, just based on draft position, and then one of them is just kind of a new revelation. Um, Edwards Hilaire I like a lot, just based on, like, he was kind of sliding, and I think he's going to be very good. You know, he's going to catch a lot of passes if you're in a PPR league, that's what he did in LSU, he caught passes. He'll he'll be very, you know, very good in that role of a kind of a pass-catching guy, maybe not the best banger on the goal line, but, you know, he's going to be productive. Um, I also have, uh, Philip Lindsay. I know he's kind of a backup or people are going to look at him as a backup, but it's like, I think their plan is to run the football in general. I think they want to run the football and play good defense. I know Drew Locke played well last year, but I think it's just, that's not what they're all about. They want to run the ball a lot. I think Philip Lindsay will still see 10 to 12 touches and at 10 to 12 touches, he's an interesting player, a guy that, He's being drafted at like 90 and 90, you know, 106. I think I got him in one draft. I mean, at that value, it's a steal. I like him. I think it's a guy that you should draft. Um, I also have J.D. McKissick on here. This is the crazy deep sleeper. Named as the running back one for Washington football team today over Antonio Gibson, which is a little interesting. And I think that you should take a note of, you know, that he just got named the number one running back he should have opportunities then if he's, if he is the so-called number one running back. I'm a little mad. I drafted Antonio Gibson. Um, You know what I mean? Like it is just kind of, that's an interesting new revelation. I didn't even, I I didn't know he was even really healthy and ready to go. So, um, you know, he could be a guy that I could see being productive that he's not even being drafted right now. I also have Miles Sanders in there as kind of a, an extra guy. I mean, I think, super sliding in drafts, and I get it maybe because he's a little overvalued in terms of his rank, but I mean, to get him at like 27 and 30 is a great value there, too. I think he's somewhere in between, like 15 to 20. You know, If I can get him later, that's great. That's a steal. But yeah, that's my sleeper running back, (laughs) list. Who
0: you got, Dad?
1: Uh, My big sleeper is uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. in San Francisco, if he can get on the field. Yeah, that's Uh, your boy. I mean, last year, 27 carries, 105 yards, four TDs. I mean, those are great numbers for for the little bit he played. I know it was kind of a revolving door in San Francisco last year. But if there's a couple injuries or the starters aren't performing and this kid gets a chance, I think he can perform in the NFL. Um, Adrian Peterson missed a few years of suspension and stuff, so his age doesn't quite reflect the beating. And he's one of the running backs who tends to give beatings, not take beatings, almost like an old Peyton and uh, Emmitt Smith type. Uh, And Detroit's Detroit. I mean, like you said, they don't have a lot of guys to pass, too. So it wouldn't surprise me if if he can uh, get, you know, enough carries to have a halfway decent fantasy year, maybe come off the bench, maybe a a bye week fill in for somebody and and surprise uh, a few guys. And who else I got here for my sleeper? Oh, um, I, I don't know if you can really consider him a sleeper, but I got a real good gut feeling of Mark Ingram. Uh, I think he feels like he's got to fight for his job. I think he wants to fight for as many carries as he can. But I think when he does get the ball, he's going to run balls out and not want to get off the field. I actually took him in both of my leagues. So uh, that's just my good feeling. I think Ingram's really gonna have a, a breakout year this year. Not breakout, but you know what I mean. Um <laughs> he's kinda at a fork here, you know. But they just signed him to a two year extension, didn't they? Was that Ingram that just signed? So yeah, I, I think he's gonna try to try to try to keep going. So those are my three.
0: And then who do you think's gonna stink at the running back position?
1: Gurley. Uh, Bell, (coughs) David Montgomery. Is that easy enough? I'm (laughs) not a big David Montgomery fan. I mean, yeah, he's going to get 1,000 yards on the Bears. But you know what? In this day and age, 1,000 yards isn't squat. I don't think he can carry a full load. He gets tackled too easily. And Bell, I I don't know. I Bell is just kind of – I'm over him. I think a lot of people are over him. Uh, But people are still drafting him. That's what I mean. Not he was geez. going in every thousand <laughs> this weekend, and not in the first <laughs> second round anymore. But but guys were taking him. So um, and Gurley just didn't look good last year. He's not that big. I mean, I just I think he's his days are past him. and
0: well, he's got that arthritis in his knee too. <laughs>
1: hey, hey 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 hey.
0: What do you got, For Vance?
2: For me, I've got a couple rookies in this group: Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. I just think the backfield's too busy. It's going to be a very busy backfield. You'll see a lot of Marlon Mack and a lot of Naheem Hines in Indiana, whether you I mean, in whatever Indianapolis, whether you want to or not. You're going to see AP. You're going to see, uh, what's his name, on Johnson. You're going to see these other backs in Detroit, whether you want to see him or not, whether you want to see the young kid on the field. It, you know, it's just they're not a good team. They don't have the incentive to be like, let's get this kid right. They're just going to play the guys and keep try to keep everybody healthy. Um, so those are two guys like that I really have kind of targeted. Then some other guys that are very high on the running back boards that I think if you're still doing a draft, it's important to keep this stuff in mind. Um, Alvin Kamara and Delvin Cook, I'm just not very high on, or at least in that position of five and six or five and four or whatever it is up there at the top. They both have contract concerns that are a little worrisome to me. I hope Kamara gets his deal done, but at the same time, it's very late in the year and they have a lot of money tied up. I just don't know if it happens. And then if it doesn't, how does that go? Does he get pissed? Does he hold out? Does, you know, does he decide to skip a few? I mean, even if he just misses a few games and comes back in a few weeks, I mean, it just hurts you as a fantasy owner. And you're, this is your first round pick. We're talking about. I mean, this is not. You know what I mean? This is not like a. You know, okay, I'm taking a flyer on a second or third running back. This is my guy. So that's just kind of where I'm like, I don't. I would try to stay away from those two if I can. Or if I took Cook, I would definitely want to have, um, what's his nuts? I'm sorry, um, Al- Alexander Mad- Mad- Madison. Madison. Alexander Madison. I would want to have Madison, and know I have the second guy to kind of go in there and fill in if if that did go wrong.
0: Totally. Um. So you guys already kind of named a lot of the the people I was thinking of. Um. I, I would say the running backs in Jacksonville. Uh, I would I would probably stay clear of that unless you're in a yeah. super, unless you're in a super deep league, and you just need somebody as a running <laughs> back. Um, I mean, interestingly enough, Chris Thompson is always a fun a fun waiver wire pickup. He's a PPR threat and a, you know kind of a bi week guy. If you if you really are are deep and you need if it's a full point PPR league, Chris Thompson might not be the worst thing, but Uh, I would stay clear of Jags running backs. Uh, And then I think Ronald Jones in Tampa Bay with Fournette being there. um, I know it's probably going to be a split backfield, but I'm thinking like in goal line situations, Ronald Jones is going to hurt you because they're probably going to give it to Fournette or they do have the six foot six tall Gronk. That's probably going to get all the end zone targets plus Evans. So how many rushing touchdowns are they really going to get in the end zone? But if they do, it's probably going to be Brady Sneaks or Fournette, so I would I would think Ronald Jones is going to be in a in a tough situation down there. Moving on to wide receivers, um, if you guys will allow it, uh, I'm I want to take the uh, rookie wide receivers uh, in total as a sleeper. I think Jerry Judy is going to be really good in Denver. I think Henry Ruggs is going to be really good in Vegas, uh, and I think um, Justin Jefferson is going to be really good in Minnesota. Um, so I'd like to take them. And then, uh, Ted Ginn jr. Trubisky likes to overthrow receivers. So Ted, Ted Ginn jr. Is the perfect receiver to go track down his, his overthrown balls. And Ted Ginn's a big play threat. Um, so I think, uh, I think he could fit in pretty well in Chicago for, for just some, some nice seam routes and, uh, go routes and just let Trubisky see how far he can throw it. And if he overthrows Ted Ginn, then we're really going to have an issue.
1: Me or Vance?
0: I like how you both looked at the camera at the exact same time. But, yeah, Vance, go ahead.
1: Cool. We're doing
2: sleepers now, right, the good ones?
0: Sleeper receivers.
2: I've got A.J. Green. I know he's old. I know he's been a little banged up. But you look at, I mean, you guys have talked about Burrow. You talked about a lot of different things. I think their offense was a little more creative last year, even with horrible quarterback play. So I think that you kind of put that all together. AJ Green, if he's healthy, and I mean, obviously it's a big if, but if he's healthy, I think he'll be very productive, even higher than 64 production. I think he'll be a, like a top, I mean, like a wide receiver too, a guy you'd feel good about playing as long as, you know, him and Burrow are right and they're both healthy. Um, My next guy I've got, I've already kind of brought up the Falcons and stuff, Kelvin Ridley, I think with, Hooper gone with Sanu totally gone, you know, for a whole year and kind of a whole new offense. It'll be very interesting to see what his role is. And then, like I said, they get down. I think they're going to lose to some teams that people think they might beat. They get behind and they throw, throw, throw. I think Calvin Ridley will, you know, put up the numbers that kind of justify his ranking and where he's at and what people are saying. You know, be that top 30, top 40 kind of guy. And then my last, well, I have kind of two last ones here. Um, Preston Williams, I took him in every draft. He's sitting at like 95 and never gets taken. He's a big guy. I mean, he's not the biggest in weight, but he's very tall, a guy that you can throw the ball up to. He's fast, you can throw it over the top with. He's got some, you know, abilities, and the Dolphins are horrible too. So, I mean, it's it's another team that's going to throw the ball a lot. He's going to see opportunity, and as long as he's healthy, I think he would be worth taking around that spot as a fourth. You know, fourth, fifth, kind of fringe receiver, and hoping, you know, and kind of hoping for the best. I think he's one of those guys that you, you can see it kind of turn out, kind of like a Cortland Sutton of last year. You know, where really bad team, but he's got some size and ability. Um, and then my last guy, have him in every draft. Very controversial, Antonio Brown. I think there's and there's a bigger reason behind it. I think that the two teams uh, that want to, two teams that want to sign him have early bye weeks, and they're not taking him right now for that reason. Is that it's like. Why would I take him before my bye week and lose a week of being able to play him where I could wait until after and then I know I have him, you know, ready to rock week nine and I'm not missing an extra game just to have him on my roster early. So I think like the, you know, the Ravens and Seahawks both have early bye weeks. I think that's kind of the bigger reason behind him not being signed right now. The two teams that are interested have early bye weeks and they don't want to pick him up to, you know, before that bye week.
1: All right. Uh, sleepers, wide receiver. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Lazard on Green Bay. Rodgers needs another target, and uh, Rodgers can hit his target. So I think he's going to be, become your uh, your number two, and he's probably going to be open sometimes because they're probably going to double team uh, the big guy. Uh, my number two big sleeper, Scotty Miller. Oh, Yeah.
0: What do you know about Scotty Miller?
1: What do you guys know about Scotty Miller? You know what team he's on? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. So Brady's always got his token little white guy, I'm sorry to say it, but (laughs) Scotty Miller's going to be
0: that guy, right? Hey, that's part of the That's part of the formula.
1: He's always got that token white guy that he hits across the middle. So as long <laughs> as he don't mind getting his bell rung a little bit across the middle, he can end up having a pretty decent year with uh, Brady throwing to him. And then uh, Cole Beasley. You got Brown and Diggs out there in Buffalo now. Uh, they're both getting a lot of attention from, from the D-backs. So Beasley's got great hands. He's no problem going underneath, coming across the middle. Uh, I think he, he could really surprise some some fantasy guys this year. Uh, catching a lot of balls uh, while while Diggs and Brown are tied up.
0: So He's a are- nice – and Beasley, too, he, really nice waiver pickup right now. Like if – because a lot of people aren't drafting him or they're uh, drafting super late. If you – like that's my MO to everyone, too. Like if you need a receiver, I would definitely say to look at – look for Cole Beasley. He's a nice and sure, like. For Buffalo last year, he was a huge insurance piece for them, just all all down the field, nice PPR threat. Now, uh, who do you, you think is going to stink?
1: Uh, Bust, I think Godwin might be an odd man out. He's kind of a deep threat. Brady doesn't have the, the big arm anymore. Um, I, I see Evans and Grant kind of being the guys. Uh, it's not so much a shot at Godwin as it is the way Brady plays now. Um I think he might be overlooked a little bit. Um, and then kind of the same factor with Edelman. I, I got Edelman. He caught exactly 100 passes last year from Brady. I don't know if he'll be Cam's guy. You know what I mean? They, they had that rapport, Brady and him. I don't think he's going to get 100 or even 90 catches this year uh, with the new quarterback and the new system in place out there in New England. And then um, this one's kind of personal. I took Juju, he's my starter. I get burned in fantasy all the time. So since I got all my money on Juju as a starting wide receiver, he's gonna be a bust this year. <laughs> That's just my luck. But go juju. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Vance, my 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 dad my dad's been in the world of fantasy for a couple of years now and, and he's he's figuring out that there's certain guys that for whatever reason, there's just certain guys that you can't have on your team because they will always kill you.
1: <laughs> for sure. Who God, do you think? Are, who just are your busts, experience.
2: For the bus at wide receiver? Sir. I have Galladay and DJ Moore, for mm-hmm. sure. Like, they're just very high-rated, and it's like, that offense sucks. I, I just And then Matt Stafford's like the walking wounded like, I mean, are they really going to be that as productive as, like, 24, 25, like that kind of ranking? And then my last thing is Cortland Sutton ranked at 30. It's like they're all on bad teams with bad offenses. Like, I mean, Sutton might have a chance just because of volume and, like, them being bad that bad. But at the same time, Sutton's team added Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler and some wide receiver pieces. Plus, I think Fant takes a step up this year as a second-year tight end where I, I just don't think he's going to have the same volume he had last year, even if they are as bad as they are, or as bad as they were. So it's it's just like, I'm not a big Courtland Sutton fan. I don't hate him, but I don't love him. And I don't love him at 30 overall. Like That's kind of crazy for me.
0: For me, I'm looking at uh, Sammy Watkins. Uh, he's kind of a late round receiver pick, but... I mean, they already have Hill, they already have Kelsey, they've got the running backs behind them, and even Nicole Hardman is presumably going to be a bigger target for, for Kansas City, so I just don't see much room for Sammy Watkins being that productive. For me, Mike Williams, he has killed me uh, the last couple of years, and I still don't see him getting that much better. Keenan Allen is an absolute stud. Hunter Henry's really good. But the Chargers, like you've been saying about some of these teams, I don't think the Chargers' offense is going to be very good other than Austin Eckler, who's more of a pass threat right now than Mike Williams is anyway. Um, so those are my those two, are my two. Uh, uh, main picks there. Um, really quickly to get through the tight ends, since this one was kind of tougher, I feel like. Uh, sleepers, for me, the, the, the big tight end sleepers, I think Jimmy Graham, more like I hope he does well. It's not even so much I think he's a sleeper, but kind of I believe that he can be a sleeper. If, like, if they use Jimmy Graham like he's supposed to be used, I think he could be really productive. Uh, and Mike Giusecki down in Miami. He had a sneaky good year last year, uh, especially in the second half, uh, for a team that desperately needs pass-catching threats. Um, and even eventually when Tua takes over the Dolphins this year, I mean, dump-offs to Giseki could be. Could be huge for him just to try to move the chains and get some get some completions under his belt. So those are those are my two big big sleepers.
2: Yeah, I have a few for tight end. I have um, I have Hunter Henry, and I know we've talked about Sandy whatever Los Angeles Chargers quite a bit. I think when you struggle offensively and like especially Tyrod Taylor in his phase, there's going to be a lot of running back tight end reliability just because he's not a great quarterback. And you get it to the easiest guy to throw to, which for him is going to be the tight end and the running back. Uh, so I think Hunter Henry will be great, especially early. I don't know about whole year, but when it's early with Taylor, he I think he'll be better than he will be later on. Um, I also like um, I like Evan Ingram. I know it's not the greatest offense, but he's a great pass catcher. He's got a lot of speed and versatility. Good pass catcher, like more of a wide receiver type. I think those guys just do well in fantasy, even if their team isn't great, just because – it's kind of like a guy that's not really a tight end. It's like he's kind of just being put there, you know. He has those abilities that he could be a receiver. He has receiver skills. So I like those kind of tight ends, even if they're not in the greatest team. Um, I also like Hayden Hurst in Atlanta. Um, kind of the same thing. of They're going to throw it a lot. And also, I thought he was kind of slept on in Baltimore, where, like, they had a bunch of tight ends, and he kind of got lost in the fold. Even though he was a great college receiver, he was very athletic, and kind of underrated even in college. Now it's the same thing in the NFL. It's just kind of like maybe it's his time. You know, maybe maybe it's his time to turn it out and kind of show everybody what he's about. I've always thought he was very you know underrated. So I, I like him a lot too. You said Gizecki. I had him on my list though too. I like Gizecki a lot. Good athlete. Good speed for a big guy.
1: Hello. Yeah, tight ends are kind of tough because you uh, you know it's a shorter list to pick from. As far as uh, candidates that mean something, Josh Witten is really on the Las Vegas' roster. Is that true?
0: Jason Witten, yeah.
1: Jason he's, Witten, is. Yeah. he's Jason.
0: a Raider. He's a Raider.
1: It's crazy.
2: He will be a blocker.
1: Um, my sleepers. Um, if Doyle can stay healthy, he finally has a guy who can throw the ball. You know, Rivers is in Indy now. I could see if Doyle stays healthy. I'd almost call him more of a comeback player than a sleeper, but he hasn't been the same player the last two years. So I got Doyle down there. Um, I don't know what the hell the Bears are doing with five tight ends still. I'd love to see him come back on the field. I think the guy's got all the talent in the world. He showed it in Notre Dame. If he can get on the field other than special teams and actually get into the offense, I think he could be a sleeper, but that all depends on if he gets on the field or not. And then I kind of got three grouped up that I don't know if you can call any of them sleepers. But I think Waller's going to take the next up. Waller really came on hard second half of last year. Uh, I expect big things out of him. Fells, he's a touchdown machine. I could see them, uh, you know, growing him into the end zone even more this year. And Gronk, I mean, I think that is kind of another comeback story with him not playing last year. Um, But again, Brady's going to be comfortable with one guy on that field, and it's going to be Gronk. So those three I kind of combined as one. Um, That's what I got on tight ends for sleepers.
0: Man, who do you think is going to stink?
1: Hey, you had to say stink, huh? I'm the opposite of you two, Hunter Henry. I I don't know. I I don't see it this year. I think he's going to be a bust. Um, Again, a bust – for Hunter Henry he's probably still better than half the other tight ends. Uh, <laughs> I, um, pick
2: 110? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean that's why I like him, is if he was
2: drafted higher I wouldn't, but yeah, I get you.
1: Yeah, I mean he he kept going like three in all my drafts, so you know. Uh Kyle Rudolph I mean he's up there with with Witten. I mean, I don't know how old Rudolph is, but I know I had him the last two years he had to squat for me, so I'm not expecting much out of him this year. And I don't know if it's a gut feeling or what, but um, I just got a weird feeling that Kelsey's not going to have a great year this year. I I don't know why. I was talking to Jeremy about it over the weekend. It's just a total gut feeling. The guy's a stud. But I just got a weird feeling he gets overlooked or something. Um, But I I, I got Kelsey being a bust this year, uh, especially since he he was going to the first ten picks in some of the drafts I was in. I mean guys taking him over some of the running backs and wide receivers or second round over wide receiver. So uh those are my yeah, three. Yeah.
2: Under that uh, philosophy, I have Kittle like that. It's just like I can't take him twentieth overall. That's insane. I wouldn't mind having him, but I wouldn't take him that high.
0: Man, who do you think's gonna stink Vance?
2: For Titans I have higby is a big one for me that kind of like a big red flag like tyler higby i mean what the hell has he ever done to deserve to be drafted over hunter henry i saw him getting taken over evan ingram in this in one of the drafts i think your guys draft that last one i got evan ingram late as shit and i was like doing backflips because i got evan ingram instead of higby well i thought i was going to be forced into or you know or henry you know so it was like man that that's i mean i think the higby's a, a big overrated guy i mean how could he be ranked over Evan Ingram? That kind of blows my mind. And like you said, the Rams offense, I don't think is going to be great either. I think it's a little overrated offense. Um, the other guy I have is Mark Andrews. I think last year was a bit of an outlier for him. Just in the simple fact of like, you watch Jamar or Lamar Jackson throw the ball inside the seams so many times. Like, just write up the hash marks, like, never outside throws. They're all inside. And I think defensive coordinators are going to evolve and they're going to understand that like, okay, I can't give him that stuff. I have to lock a tight end. I mean, I have to lock a safety on that tight end and basically say, no, you're not going to throw it to the tight end. And it'll be interesting to see if teams do that enough or not. But that's my theory is that teams are going to see what the two playoff teams have done against them. The chargers the year before, and then was it the Titans this year? They basically locked man and they played the edges and, and just said, no. You're not gonna you're not gonna get easy throws at a tight end. You're not gonna run read option, and if more defensive teams do that, they'll they'll be a lot better against stopping them. So I, I just have that feeling that you're gonna see like tight coverage on Mark Andrews. They're not gonna let him just get easy catches, and that's where his numbers will go down from last year. And he was like a 34, 40, like a top forty value. Like I just can't do that for me.
1: No, for gonna, me, oh, oh, go sorry. ahead. I well, my question you guys both at Hunter Henry. What has Taylor done to make you think that <laughs> he's got a quarterback to throw to him? <laughs> it's almost like they're so bad
2: that he can only hit the running back or the tight end, you know? And yeah. Keenan Allen is so much better than any receiver on the Ravens that it's like, okay, I'm not letting you hit Keenan Allen. Whereas opposed to like the Ravens, I'm not letting you hit Mark Andrews because that's your top target. I yeah. think Marquise Brown will explode a little bit this year, even though I don't have him. I wish I did. I think he'll explode a little bit just in that simple fact of like we're not giving you the easy throw. And then all of a sudden that over the top throw to Marquise is going to be there and he's going to hit it sometimes because he's not a bad quarterback. He can hit that throw, but he's not going to hit the tight end all the time, or they're just going to take that away. Like you're not going to hit a 15 yard post to Mark Andrews over and over again. Cause I saw that a lot of times last year and it kind of blew my mind. Like, ha, quit letting them do that.
0: So for me to wrap this up real quick, uh, Eric Ebron, he's in Pittsburgh now, but uh, with big Ben coming back, Throwing to tight end hasn't really been their, their thing uh, ever since Heath Miller left, left Pittsburgh. So I don't, I don't see why Eric Ebron being there is going to increase his value at all. Um, Evan Ingram, I am a huge not fan of his. He gets hurt too damn much. Uh, and the Giants have better receivers outside, and they can throw to Barkley. Uh, I personally am not a big fan of Evan Ingram, especially with how high uh, he has gotten drafted places. Um, And then Greg Olson, Uh, he went to Seattle, um, but they still have Will Disley coming back. He missed most of last year uh, with an injury, but he's going to be their guy. And so, um, and again, with Olson, it's a bit of an injury problem now that he's a little bit older. So um, I would stay clear of him. And then lastly here uh, on our football extravaganza, some sad news possibly. Von Miller suffering potentially season-ending ankle injury. Um, that's for a team like the Broncos. I mean, Von Miller is one of the reasons that you watch the Broncos to see what he does. And no Von Miller, uh, not that the Broncos were going to be that competitive anyway, but no Von Miller could be a huge problem for them and potentially good news for any Derrick Henry owners because the Titans play the Broncos week one. No Von Miller could spell danger. Uh, for the Broncos. So that wraps up our football slash fantasy football extravaganza. Hopefully this helps you. And if you win your leagues because of advice we gave you, you can send us our checks um, in the mail. We will, our I team will get with your I team. (laughs) Or just tweet us. We'll appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. So best of luck to everyone in the wild world of fantasy football. Uh, and remember to uh, let us know if we helped you in, in any way possible. Section 312 Instagram and Twitter. A quick recap of the NBA uh, with no Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, the Bucks are now out of the postseason. They lost to the Miami Heat. As we record this, they lost earlier this evening. The Miami Heat moving on to the conference finals. Do you have something to say there, Mr. Sneed? No, sir. All right. Uh, And also, as we record this, the Rockets giving the Lakers a good game in uh, Game 3 of that series. The Heat, they will await the winner of the Celtics-Raptors series. So a very interesting uh, time there. Uh, And then the Clippers-Nuggets. Clippers currently have a 2-1 series lead as we record this on a Tuesday evening uh so that's our nba recap for now we're no we're not gonna have any matt's moment matt is still uh in tahiti with quinton uh so we'll have to wait till next week for for a matt's moment into the mlb oh. uh i know this, I think, what's going on is what's
1: odell up? beckham going for the nuggets
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs>
0: so there's number three
2: dad joke number three right there
0: uh, joke number three hey so we got a few more minutes for anyone. I know Quentin took the under, so we're seeing it. He's sweating. Sweating in Quinn Tahiti. Quentin would bet
2: anything. That was he's, the best sweat,
0: he's sweating in Tahiti. Uh, so in the MLB, things are heating up. We're getting close to the end of the regular season. For us White Sox fans, it's been an interesting ride coming into Tuesday evening. They were tied with the Indians, but uh, I think we're all watching the White Sox game right now. Evan Marshall had a tough time. Uh, getting out of the eighth inning, but Jose Abreu, uh, knock on wood, currently has a 21-game hitting streak, the longest of this 2020 shortened season. So that's exciting. And uh, the big news the other day uh, from from the world of baseball, Javier Baez, uh, he's been struggling this in this COVID-shortened season, batting just 205. Uh, his power numbers aren't quite there, and he voiced his opinion about so one of the rule changes this year with COVID is that the players uh, it's hard for them to watch video of the previous games because they're not they can't really be in the locker rooms they can't be the video is harder to achieve because there's not people videoing everything and Baez voiced his opinion about that saying he or uh, he wants to make his adjustments in game and the fact that he can't watch any of his at-bats during the game and whatnot uh, has really led to his struggles. Now I ask you guys: Is Javi Baez just complaining because he's batting 200 and he's just looking for excuses, or yes. is that is that really? Well, we have one vote for yes. Javier Reyes.
1: <laughs> get a GoFundMe page. You get him a tablet or a freaking smartphone. <laughs> what
0: on anything? Well, the whole thing too is I guess they're not allowed to video as well because of the whole. Astros cheating scandal and whatnot too. So the 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 teams being able to the teams being able to video stuff is a little bit trickier Those are the parts well. of his
2: comments that really threw me. Is that it was it all of a sudden became the Astros' fault he can't hit anymore,
1: which kind, of, <laughs> kind of threw
0: right. me off more. Right. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's, it's a bit strange. I mean, he, he's always been a, a free swinger, and so I don't know if, if this year I, I would think people are just pitching him tougher. I mean, <laughs> that's what I would kind of think. But that was one big, uh, one big thing uh, going on in baseball. And the other big thing uh, over the weekend, Joe West, uh, love him or hate him, Joe West, <laughs> Joe West made headlines for ejecting Nats GM Mike Rizzo from his executive suite, where he was all by himself. Uh, he wasn't wearing a mask, and that was part of the reason why Joe West said, hey, not only is he heckling us from up there in the in the booth, but he's not wearing a mask. Get him out of here. Uh, so I ask him, is, is that fair or foul for Joe West to, in the middle of the game too, which blew my mind, it was in the middle of the game, not even during in between innings or anything, but fair or foul for Joe West to say, hey, I don't care who you are, or where you're sitting, you're not wearing a mask and you're heckling us. Get out of here.
1: It's another case where Joe West just proves that he wants the game to be about him. He wants to be on TV. He wants to be in the news. He wants people talking about him. And a good umpire, you don't know they're there. That's what I was taught, and that's what I believe. A good umpire, you don't know they're there. They do their job, uh, with no no controversy, and that is the opposite of Joe West.
2: Man, I don't want to sound like a human echo, but that's that's great stuff. He uh, he called Burley. He threw Burley out on a pickoff attempt that was clearly forty five degrees. And it's kind of like when you go way back to that. It's like you can just tell. Like clearly, you you have some type of issue. You want fame. You want something. You want clout. To use a more modern term, you you're looking for something. Because I mean that it was very clear as day. And, and he just has that kind of demeanor of like, oh, I'm gonna argue and fight everybody. And I don't like that not a very good umpire His balls and strikes suck and that sucked too that that many ejection sucked and i'm glad we haven't had to see too much of cheeseburger eating joe west this year I'm, I'm glad he has been elsewhere
0: well let us know what your thoughts are on on joe west and the the ejection of of mike rizzo it was a wild play or wild moment uh, a lot of wild moments so far we saw strasburg get ejected from a nationals game too so something about the nats players they just can't Nats people. They just can't have nice things.
2: If you're um, not a part of the game, they'll throw you out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Apparently. Rosberg was Apparently. in the peanut gallery that night. So let us know on Instagram or Twitter at Section312 uh, what your thoughts are on the Joe West uh, ejecting Mike Rizzo there. And, uh, and, and speaking of Mike Rizzo, too, because we feel bad about him getting ejected. Uh, he's the bald guy of the week. It seemed like he wasn't doing anything wrong. I mean, maybe besides not wearing his mask. But, I mean... He was up there all by himself in the suite, and he is general manager. But Mike Rizzo, uh, free Mike Rizzo, shouldn't have got ejected. He's ball guy of the week here on section three. That's part of
2: that was that they asked Brian Snicker to get the the security. Like, like, do you think he's not busy right now? Like, he's <laughs> coaching a baseball game. Like, Brian, get security. He's like, what the what? What? Wait, that, is that
0: that's feel like the bench coach's job, right?
2: That it blew my mind. It was like, there's got to be someone else you can walkie-talkie besides the head coach of the team. Like, that kind of blew my mind. But it was it was funny.
1: It made me laugh. You're not moving on from baseball yet, are you?
0: Uh, Sure, no. Why not?
1: I got what two time? quick things. Since this is live, I want to bring it up. Magical as much as I love him, has run us out of two runs tonight. Things you learned in Little League. You ran through a stop sign of third, got thrown out at home. And now he just ran and got thrown out a third in a tie ball game with the ground ball in front of him. Or it was kind of behind him. But anyway. Um, and the other thing, we'd be doing baseball an injustice if we didn't mention the passing of Lubra. And Tom Seaver. All right, people. Last Seaver, time. One of my favorites. Lubra, since-, since I was fresh in my head. But yeah, I love Tom Seaver. I'm a little bit older than you guys. Tom Seaver, <laughs> the man. One of the greatest pitchers.
0: Yeah. Tom Seaver, Lou Brock, both, both RIP to them. And in the sports world as well. I mean, my uh, uh, a couple passings since the last show, uh, poker commentator, Mike Sexton as well. He was a big, big TV personality. And I mean, whether or not you you're a fan of poker or not, he was revolutionary. I mean, po- poker is a kind of a big deal across TV. And Mike Sexton was a, was a big part of that. He, I've watched poker, poker tournaments with my dad and Mike Sexton made it, made it fun to, listen to poker so r.i.p to him r.i.p lou brock r.i.p tom siever obviously you guys will all be definitely missed no mass moment like i mentioned because he is off in tahiti with Quentin. before we get to the starting five i will go through uh this week's sneedler's list very quickly uh one that my dad is not going to have any idea of what i'm talking about but big sean The Detroit rapper came out with a new album, Detroit 2. And shout out Steven Cusimano. He's a friend of the show. He's a diehard Big Sean fan. A bit of an overreactor, but I asked him what his thoughts were. That's my boy.
2: That's my boy, Steven. I like
0: him. I I asked him what his thoughts were on the Detroit 2 album. He said it was one of the best albums he had ever heard. Bit of an overreactor. track is dope. (laughs) Oh, boy. We're at four. I'm, I'm counting it. I'm counting it. That's You're cutting it close there, guy. Um, So in honor of Big Sean's new album, I figured I'd rattle off my my top ten Big Sean songs. Um, Beginning with number ten, Fat Raps remix from one of his mixtape days. A lot of good artists on there. Uh, Nice nice beat to it. Um, Nice, fun little song there. Another remix, uh, The Dance uh, or Ass remix with Nicki Minaj. Dad, definitely go listen to that song. Uh, You will love it. At number eight, uh, Wolves from the new Detroit 2 album. It has Post Malone in it. Um, probably my fa- I think it's my favorite song from the album. There were a couple uh, tough choices there, but Wolves, it's it's growing on me. I like Post Malone. I like Big Sean. Put them both together. It's a nice combination. At number seven, First Chain from his Hall of Fame album with uh, Kid Cudi and Nas on the record there. Uh, Hall of Fame, not a great album, but First Chain, a good song off a of not-so-good album. And number six, uh, I don't mess with you with E40. Uh, it's kind of the the ex-girlfriend anthem there, uh, or ex in general anthem. Uh, you can check that song out. Um, definitely make sure the kids aren't around. Very uh, not family-friendly song there, but uh, but definitely a big strong classic that comes in at number six for me into the top five. Uh, Blessings it has to be the Kanye West version. Uh, so Big Sean, Drake, Kanye West. Uh, a solid trio of guys doing their best on a song there. At number four, Sacrifices featuring Migos. Uh, it was a toss-up between that and No Favors uh, with Eminem, both from the I Decided album, but Sacrifices, an overall better song there. At number three, Back to the Hall of Fame album with Beware featuring Lil Wayne and Jeannie Aiko. Uh The best song from the Hall of Fame track or album, I should say. Um, not much explanation there. I just really like the song. And number two from Big Sean's debut album, Finally Famous, "Hi" featuring Wiz Khalifa and Chitty Bang. That is a very lovely song that fits a lot of different moods. And a number one, again, from his Hall of Fame, his Finally Famous album. This was the song, I think, that really made him a big household name, featuring Chris Brown. It's my last. Not exactly the most lyrically experienced, but... I mean, it Where's fits all
2: dance? The- dance, 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 dance. That was at number nine. was at number
0: nine? Oh,
2: my, bad. my yeah. bad.
0: It made the list. Don't worry, right,
2: so That's my song, dude. Now stop and make that <laughs> motherfucker hammer time.
0: That's a great song. <laughs> it is. And so that comes in at number nine. That's my list, my list of uh, top uh, ten Big ten. Sean songs. And now, and now to round out the show, time. Dad, welcome... To the starting five now to explain it to you and for anyone else listening that might not know what the starting five is. Um, it is a little, little bit of a, a fantasy draft that we do on the show every week covering different topics, uh, whether they're sports related or otherwise. And we do it uh, fantasy draft style. And so it's just the three of us with Matt and Quinton being in Tahiti. And uh, so starting five tonight Keeping with the NFL and our football extravaganza, uh, we're doing the starting five things you are looking forward to in the NFL this year. Storylines, whether that's a player on a new team, a rookie, just stuff in general. Uh, Since you are the newcomer, Dad, I will let you pick where you want to go between uh, first, second, or third. It is going to be a snake-style draft. So if you want the first pick, it'll end up coming back to you around. the that thing we talked about where I'm just picking five-topic things? Uh, not all at once. You'll pick one at a time. It's like a fantasy, it's like a fantasy draft.
1: And it's any sport or just football? No, football. Football. Okay. So my number one
0: was. Do you want, hold on. Do you want the number one pick or do you want the second pick or third pick? What do you want? <laughs> the first pick. All right. So you'll get the first pick. Vance, where do you want to go?
1: I'll go last. All right.
0: You sounded so enthused about it. So, Dad, what's your first pick?
1: I hope I'm doing this
0: right. Well, we can always edit it out if you're not.
1: Perfect. You're probably going to edit me out anyway. <laughs> There's five. Um,. Bears defense, Mac with Hicks being back. All right. Everybody's been saying what happened to Mac. There were polls all over Twitter and social media the last couple of weeks about was the trade worth it for Mac giving up the picks. Chicago, I'd say probably forty percent of Chicago started turning on Mac. And um I think I think Hicks missing was a huge part of that. So I'm excited to see our our defensive line back so that'll free Mack up.
0: For me, my my first pick of what I'm intrigued to see in the NFL, I want to see what happens in New England because I want to know if it was really Belichick's scheme that made Tom Brady so damn good or if it was Tom Brady that made everything so good. Cam Newton can walk right in and the Patriots win 12 games and their offense is amazing. Alright, Belichick is a god, but if they come in and they stink and they win six games, it'd be kinda of fun to see uh that the system doesn't. Work.
2: I like that last one, Q. Or yeah, Q. Me, damn it, my bad. I like that though. <laughs> Thank you. Um sorry about that. Um For I'm me, not- I have um I have Bears quarterback Carousel as one of them for sure. It'll just be interesting to see how short of a leash Mitch has, how long the leash is, with, you know, just yeah, all that in general. Yeah, are they going to pull him before he gets hurt or not? It'll be a fun kind of storyline in general. Um, my other one is going to seem a little offbeat. It's just like, how good are the Seahawks? They've made some acquisitions defensively. I think a lot of people want them to be great, but I don't know if they're going to be. I still think offensive line wise are a little suspect, but they're a fun team to watch. They'll be a fun team to watch. and Russell Wilson's always fun. So I think they're gonna get plenty of attention. They're gonna be a fun team to watch, but you know, it's like are they as good as
0: everybody thinks they are? And uh for my next pick, um, this is partially because i I, I drafted him uh in fantasy and in, in my my bigger Money league, I guess, but uh, I'm intrigued to see what happens with Saquon and the and the Giants in in total. I mean, Saquon kind of had a rough year last year, dealing with some injuries and whatnot, and the Giants trying to figure out what exactly they are as a team. Um, so I'm intrigued to see what Saquon can do for a back for a bounce back year, and if the Giants can compete and whatnot. That's me. Yes, sir.
1: All right, mine is going to be comparing the Bears' kicking carousel to my boy Rodriguez.
0: Rod- Rod- Rodriguez. Rodrigo Blankenship?
1: Rodrigo. I wanted him. I was calling for him when he was a junior thinking he was a senior. Um, I don't know who the Bears took with their last pick, but he went undrafted. They could have taken him at any time and just signed him. And they didn't go out and get a kicker. And now Pinero's hurt. Now we've got Santos, who I have no faith in. And Rodrigo's where? In Atlanta? Where would he end up?
0: Indianapolis.
1: Indianapolis. Indoor. Perfect conditions for him. I think the kid's got a great future. And, and uh, I wish the Bears would have gotten him. So, yeah, I'm going to watch him break rookie records as a kicker and <laughs> see what the Bears do. All right. And then what's your next pick? Um, Bridgewater. I'm intrigued to see what Bridgewater does. You see, they just be kind of pushed under the rug the last year and a half and, uh, very intrigued to see what he can do in his new setting and basically coming out of paid retirement.
0: Right, right. <laughs> yeah, backing up Drew Brees is a pretty nice, pretty nice gig in New Orleans. Uh, sticking with the quarterbacks, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to see when, when Tua Tagovailoa plays for miami they cut josh rosen which opened up the door for tua to be the backup and like they were talking about on espn they brought up a good point was um ryan fitzpatrick is one rolled ankle away from Tua, or the dolphins are one rolled ankle away from tua having to come in week one at any moment is he going to be ready he <laughs> I'm intrigued to see what happens. I mean, he was a big playmaker in college and had ice in his veins uh, all throughout college. Obviously, that doesn't exactly translate to pros, but with not much pressure in Miami, I wonder when, when it'll be to a time.
2: One of mine is, who's the starting running back in Indianapolis? I mean, really. I think everyone wants it to be Jonathan Taylor, but is it really his job? Is it, right now,
0: is it not?
2: When is it going to be his job, too? You know what I mean? Like, And that's the other thing. Everyone wants to think, oh, well, it will be Jonathan Taylor's job eventually. Well, I don't necessarily know that. Or when. Or when does Marlon Mack get injured, like you just said? And there's a lot of if ands, or buts to that situation. And I think that'll be an intriguing one to follow. Is like, who's their running back? Who are they relying on? Who's healthy? Who's not healthy? You know, I mean, if they're competitive. If they're not, obviously it won't really matter. But. I think they'll be somewhat competitive. My other one for me is kind of something we talked about on the show is that, like, how good are the Chiefs? Are they that undoubted best team? Are they in the mix? Where are they at exactly? <clears throat> Obviously, they'll be a playoff team, but how, how great are they going to be or where are they going to be at? And what are we going to be looking at them as? At the end of the season versus now where I think they're the kind of the consensus favorite.
0: All right. Yeah, we'll see about that. My next pick, um will Josh Gordon play and how much of a role will he have in Seattle? They re signed him. Yeah. Other than being their weed guy, but uh, they re they re-signed josh gordon uh the league is starting to kind of least uh loosen up on the the marijuana rules uh he's currently in an indefinite um league suspension but we've seen players like himself come out of the league exempt list um and if he comes back he's still only 29 years old and he is still athletic as all hell and russell wilson's a good enough quarterback where he'll find anybody and so I'm intrigued to see if Josh Gordon gets back off the exempt list and then uh, slated into that stacked Seattle receiving core.
1: Uh, uh, my next intriguing thing to follow are going to be the Bucks, Brady and Gronk, yeah. I mean, come on. You got the old guy, the guy at retirement. Um, Tampa Bay needs a winner. I mean, let's be honest. You know, if you're rooting for an underdog, um, it's not like they bought this team. Brady was tossed out of New England. So it, it's, it isn't like they went out and got him in his prime and spent all this money and got Gronk in his prime and spent all this money. Um, they had Evans, Godwin. They, they already had a couple pieces in place. The running back, um, nobody wanted Brady. They kind of won the Brady Derby and Brady got Gronk to come out of retirement. So I'm kind of intrigued to see how that all comes together. And, again, it's like the Cubs before, uh, you know, 2016. Lovable losers the NFL. So I'm kind of intrigued to see where that goes because Brady ain't got much left. It's got to be this year or next year or it's not going to happen.
0: And then your last pick?
1: Yeah, the last intriguing thing is, Captain Obvious here, the pandemic. What's going to happen? I mean, they've done a great job. There's only been one positive case so far. Um uh, they had Hubarkish on the other day, talking about how there's only like two media guys approved to get into a practice facility for each NFL team, and they have to get there like five five fifteen. I don't remember what I had going on? Oh, sorry. Oh, so um, they got to get there five fifteen in the morning. They have to pass uh the, their test right away before they can get into the facility. Seems like the NFL kind of was able to wait a little bit to see how other, other leagues handled this um seems like doing a good job but obviously that that's the big elephant in the room is what's going to happen with the pandemic
0: yeah definitely and i'm 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 surprised it didn't it took us this long to even bring that up in this uh in this starting five but yeah hopefully i mean hopefully everyone stays safe and and we can all enjoy a a nice clean uh football season there and uh for my last pick uh i'm intrigued to see what happens with da, 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 Joe Burrow. He's the number one overall pick. There's not really a lot of expectation in Cincinnati for them to be any good at all, but they're getting A.J. Green back. They have Joe Mixon. They have Tyler Boyd. They've got some interesting pieces around Joe Burrow. I think they'll be one of those teams. They're probably not going to be great, but I think they're going to be fun to watch. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes that's all it takes for a, for a franchise like the Bengals that have never really ever been good is maybe you just want to see some fun football. And, Vance, wrap us up.
2: My last one is just how good are the 49ers in general? How good are they? I know they're a good defensive team. I just think their offense is a little suspect. But, I mean, are they for real? Are they that team, the best in the national or in the NFC? Are they the best in a team that can be a Super Bowl competitor again this year? Part of me feels like there's a slight step back just in a lot of ways. Like, a lot of fortunate things happened in the NFC last year, and then they were a good defensive team, and defense can carry you a long way. But it's like, are they going to be that same? Are they going to have that same kind of effort intensity defensively? It'll be interesting to see. And, like, is their coverage going to be the same? I mean, just a lot of things like that. Because they were a great coverage team last year. I mean, Richard Sherman just gets older by the day. It's like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be as good as last year. And then what does that do to that team? Where are they at after that? And then that's a good division, too. I mean, you got Seattle, and I think Arizona's kind of emerging. You know, it's not like you're not playing anybody. So it'll be kind of an interesting scenario to see where they end up, how good they really are. I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up being like a fringe playoff team where everybody has them as like the best team in the NFC or one of the best, you know? So that's kind of my, you know, my kind of last one that I have is where are they going to be at? How good are they going to be?
0: For sure. So that's our starting five this week. We're excited about football starting. Hopefully you are as well. Thursday night football coming your way, uh, chiefs Texans. And then, uh, the rest of week one, uh, is going to be, going to be very exciting. And so, uh Quentin will hopefully be back next week in his in his trip back from uh from Tahiti. And uh maybe we'll get Matt Gross back as well. Who knows? Maybe Mr. Sneed will be back next week. Who knows? If you want him, if you want him full time, just let us know. What's going on, Dad? I got a quick question I wish I would have
1: thrown out earlier. Sure. Three years from now, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Uh, talk about it I, now. I want to get out there before yeah. week in case one of them tanks or like. I am
0: up. a, I am a supporter of Baker Mayfield. But I think if I had to take stock in someone, probably Joe Burrow. I agree. But that's an interesting thought. And again, let us know any questions that we talk about on the show. Feel free to feel free to start conversations in the comment section, and one of us will be kind enough to reply to you. Uh, and we're always down for a nice debate. So. Uh, dad thanks for being on the show hopefully you will be back soon anyone who bet the over congratulations uh, the over was five on the dad joke counter um, so uh, check your local bookie for uh, your payouts there on, on the over and with Matt not being here I will try to wrap us up here and we'll see how this goes but uh, thank, you for, thank you for listening to section 312 uh, we are representative of the Midwest uh, Sports Network, so shout-out to them for letting us do what we do. And uh, check out our website, uh, section312.com, I believe is the website, uh, to get you some Section 312 merch. It's holiday season, so buy uh, buy some stuff for uh, for some stocking stuffers or uh, some sneak gifts, you know, T-shirts, hats, all that fun stuff. Make for good Christmas gifts. And, um... Also, check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Section 312. Show. Like I said, let's start some conversations. Let us know what you thought about the Joe West, projection ejection of Mike Rizzo. Let us know about who, what you're excited about for the upcoming football season. Until then, until next time, this is Section 312. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, and all sorts of places where you can check out uh, all your podcast needs. So check it out today, and we will talk to you later.